One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. What I saw in the Spirit this morning was I saw an angel come into the sanctuary here. And the first thing he did is he went over to that wall. And in big letters, he took his finger and he wrote the word expectation. Does anybody have an expectation in the Holy Ghost? And then I saw him, he, he came over here in the, in the middle of the sanctuary um, and he took his finger and he opened this huge circle like he was cutting a piece of glass and he poked it and it, when it fell through, what I saw on the other side was heaven. Okay? Does that ring a bell with anybody? Did, did it say that Jesus tore the veil and that there is no separation between you and the heavenly father? That, that that wall of separation no longer exists. And my question to you that, I'm, that I believe I'm supposed to ask you and get you prepped for is about expecting to enter into the supernatural realms of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But my question to you is, are you committed to expecting? You see, a lot of us, we get, we get uh, weighed down, we get discouraged, we have life issues, we have problems, all these things pop up in life. But if we are not connected to the Holy Spirit every day and get fueled by Him to see through that veil every day and the blessing and the grace and the supernatural that the Lord gives us and gives us access to, we get weighed down and instead of looking like heaven, we begin to look like the world. Is there anybody here weighed down today? I want to challenge you that you stay committed to expecting in the fact that the veil has been torn. Amen. There is no separation between you and the Lord unless you believe with your own mind. Right? Amen? You see, Jesus, it says in Isaiah 59 that Jesus suited up in the armor. He looked down from heaven. He saw that there was no intercessor. There was no one to stand in the gap because there was a separation. But the next thing it says that he suited up for war. It says he put on the cloak. He put on uh, the breastplate of righteousness. He put on all this armor and he came to get you. Not because he was mad at you. He was actually coming to destroy the work of Satan and that veil that separates you. It says that he came to break down that middle wall of separation. Amen. So the conquering power of Jesus who came out of a new, of the dimension of heaven, He came into the place where you were locked into. And He actually, on the cross, His blood was shed and He actually took a key and unlocked you from being bound in a place of death and hopelessness and actually connected you to the place of resurrection that you are alive in Christ, that you are no longer bound to death and sin, but you are connected in the power of the Holy Ghost. To the supernatural realms of heaven. Am I talking to someone today? Come on, man. Am I talking to someone here today? You see, Jesus came here today to give you a pep talk. You see, wherever you're at in the spirit, you're not supposed to be comfortable and stay in that place. 
Because there's glory after glory after glory after glory after glory. So my question to you is, are you committed to expectation to enter the realms of the supernatural? Amen? Because in the realms of the supernatural, sickness does not exist. Disease does not exist. Pain does not exist. Depression does not exist. It can't. Despair cannot exist. Abandonment and being orphaned does not exist. You may feel those things because you are connected to the natural and your your home life and where you came from, but you are no longer a son of that thing. You are a son of the living God and the supernatural. You see, there's two worlds. Which one do you live in? Which one? You see, when I get up and my feet hit the floor in the morning and I start, I have to be connected. I love you, Lord. I have to. I miss you, Lord. I have to get you. I have to hear what you're saying to me today. My life depends on it. Are you with me? My life depends on what you are saying today. Amen. That's why I'm so passionate about you being dependent on the voice of the Holy Ghost. Because if you're dependent on the voice of the Holy Ghost, nothing can shake you. Nothing can actually come upon you. You may have a time or a season where that heaviness, because the enemy knows that if you actually get it and you actually grab hold of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, that you become a force. And no longer is he just dealing with you. He's dealing with everybody that you go lay hands on. He's dealing with everybody that you go prophesy to. Because you have to give away what you got from him. Are you connected? Have you stepped through that veil? Do you live on the other side? (laughs) You see, I don't know if you caught this, but I spent an hour laughing with Jesus this morning. (laughs) Are you kidding me? What kind of God comes and says, you know what? We're not even going to talk yet. I got to get your heart prepped to hear the supernatural thing that I have to say to you today. Woo! Man, my God loves me. (laughs) Man, my God loves me. You see, Jesus prayed this. He said, glorify me that I may glorify you. Do you think Jesus went away to be refreshed in the anointing of the Holy Ghost? (laughs) He went away at night. He said, oh my gosh, I preached like five hours today and you drained me. And now I have to go refresh And he sat there in the presence of the Lord. Can you picture him? Woo! Woo! (laughs) Thank you, Father. Woo! Thank you, Holy Ghost. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You see, there's many things that weigh you down, right? But if you don't keep going back, if you don't go through that veil... And keep getting refreshed and keep getting everything that he has for you with an expectation that you are so committed to expect. Pastor Jerry, you need to actually get those words out there and expect, expectation. That you would expect, not just when you come in here on Sunday or during midweek service or during small group, that every day when you wake up, you would expect to enter in. Do you expect? I need, see, I need to get you prepped to receive the prophecy. I need to get you prepped to actually 
become what he says you are. Because what he says you are is not what the world says you are. They do not coexist. Jesus said to actually pray this way. He said, our father who reigns in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done right here. Will your world invade this world? So if you're bound to his world, this world doesn't have a chance. That's why he's looking to awaken people who are so connected in the Holy Ghost that you're actually looking to step on serpents. You're actually looking to crush the head of the enemy. Because that's what he said. He says, you will crush the head of the enemy just like me. Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the supernatural power of the enemy. Amen. All right, I better quit preaching and get to my notes here. Because there's a couple of things I think I'm supposed to say to you. His kingdom is different. It's not like this. Unless you are so connected to him that you create a place that represents his kingdom. Where his voice is heard by everyone. Where the people, who anybody who walks through that door in depression and hopelessness, who spent time in prison, that says, they cannot stay in that place because I have been given something that he commanded me to give away. Amen? Two different places. They're two different places. Where, where do you dwell? Where do you dwell? You see, in some, in, uh, if you could, guys could pull up Psalm 78, verse 65 and 66. You see, the backdrop to this scripture, David, as a psalmist, is his heart is weighed down because the nation of Israel has been given over to idolatry. Right? And all he sees around him is people not in love with Jesus. Okay? And he, he, says, he's, he says these words. He says, Then the Lord awoke from sleep like a mighty man who shouts because of wine. And he beats back his enemies. You see, the point here is that Jesus has such a different appearance that even the Pharisee could not recognize Him. The guys who read the Scriptures couldn't recognize Jesus who came from a world where that brokenness and shame and pain and all that stuff, it didn't, didn't exist. And David describes it as he appears intoxicated. He appears so differently that, oh my goodness, the guy must be intoxicated. It's like he awoke and he comes. He comes and He brings something that is so different than the, what the world is. He's actually prophesying that the coming of the Lord would cause a shaking, would cause a, a setting free of the captive, a healing of the brokenhearted, pointing to sons and daughters and identifying what they really are. Amen? You see, and I don't know if the concept of intoxication kind of makes you nervous. I'm not talking about going out and getting drunk on Jack Daniels or Jim Beam. I'm talking about being so immersed in the Spirit that you are not recognizable by the average person. 
Because the problem with the American church is that you're trying to fit in with the rest of the world. And Jesus didn't call you to fit in. He called you to be so contrasting that the, the world comes running to you because there's something so different upon you that you have something supernatural to give to the world. You see, isn't that what happened on the day of Pentecost? Jesus actually said in uh, Luke 24, um, He says, don't leave this city until I send upon you the Holy Spirit. The one that clothes you and equips you to go through that veil and dwell in a place that is beyond human explanation. When the Holy Spirit came, they couldn't recognize them. And Peter, right? You remember Peter? Peter had that chicken spirit on him, right? All those people, they knew, who, they knew that Peter actually denied Christ. They were pointing at him around the area where Jesus was um, at the Sanhedrin, right? Peter has that chicken spirit. Bark, right, right? Bark, bark. Anybody got a chicken spirit? Don't be ashamed. There's hope for you. There's hope for you because you know what? When the Spirit came on Peter and all of those in the upper room, Peter had to stand up in the boldness now of being intoxicated in the Holy Spirit. And he says, this is that. This is what was prophesied by Joel, that men would dream dreams and have visions of the Lord, that you would hear his voice. They are not drunk, as you suppose, but they are intoxicated in the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody intoxicated in the Holy Ghost? You see, that just isn't supposed to be presented as an option. Like, okay, I believe in Jesus, but here's the Holy Ghost option. The Holy Ghost isn't an option. You see, Jesus came into the world. He conquered sin and death. He opens the veil so that you can stay here. No, no. So that you can dwell in the supernatural presence of the Holy Ghost. And you appear to be intoxicated by something that's out of this world. Because you're not subject to the world. The, sub, the world becomes subject to you. Turn to your neighbor and ask him the hard question. Say, is the world subject to you or are you subject to the world? Now prophesy over him. Tell him... The Holy Ghost says you're going to step over the world. You're stepping out of the world. Amen. Come on, man. Somebody needs to get excited in this place. He said you don't have to stay bound in depression. You don't have to stay bound in sickness. You don't have to stay bound in hopelessness. Because I'm intoxicating you. I'm intoxicating you. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for intoxicating me this morning. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Woo! All right. You see, there's a new wave if you expect it. He makes himself new every day if you expect it. Can I just entice you a little bit? Can I tell you a couple stories? I'm just here to testify to you about being beyond that veil. Anybody ever been here a couple of times beyond the veil? You see... 
after Paul, who was the Pharisee of Pharisees, met this living Christ on the, on, on the, on the road to Damascus, it says he was transformed. The scales fell off his eyes and he became awakened. He became intoxicated in the spirit. And he says, he says things throughout his writings. He says, um, I did not know whether I was in the body or out of the body. I saw things in the heavenly realm that I wasn't even allowed to talk about. John, John, it says that on the island of Patmos, right? John was visited and Jesus, a voice came out of heaven, come up here, right? Jesus was there to show him something. He was there to reveal the heavenly realm so that John could come back and release that heavenly realm on earth. Amen. Amen. You see, the book of Revelation isn't just about the end. It's about the revealing of what is in heaven. It's about the revealing that you have access to heaven. That you can see in the detail in heaven the same way John saw. Amen? Can I tell you about an experience I had a few years ago? You see, I was in Cape Town, South Africa in November of 2011. And this young, cocky... 18-year-old kid who was spiritually awakened, like he was so confident in the Holy Spirit, he walks up to me and he says, I have a prophecy for you. I said, really? I said, let her rip, brother. Let her rip. And he starts, I'm not going to tell you the whole prophecy, but the punchline of the prophecy was, get ready because there's going to be an angelic visitation and you're going to see the realms of heaven and it's going to change your whole life. And dude, I, I got so stoked. I don't know, this faith came on me. Like the confidence that was on this kid came on me. Like this young 18-year-old kid who didn't care about what his friends thought, didn't care about all these other concepts in high school of hazing and being part of the crowd. He was so in love with the Holy Spirit, he came up to me who was sent on the other side of the world to preach to, th- to a couple thousand people. He comes up to me and says, I got a prophecy for you. And I said, let her rip. You see, when the Lord gives you a prophecy or a dream or a vision, it's to take you into a new realm of glory. So I went home. I, when I got home from Cape Town, it's about two weeks and I'm home every day, man. I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Holy Ghost questions. What's this about, Lord? What are you going to show me? And all of a sudden, normal day, I get my coffee, go down in my office, sit in my chair, take a sip, put my coffee down, and boom, the Lord... This, this realm of heaven opens up before my eyes. These two angels, I'll describe them very simply. They had, they had wings on, they had a wing on each leg. They had a wing in their lower back and they had uh, basically six wings, three sets of wings. They had big coffee cup, like big, big round um, eyes on, the, on their face. And they come and they literally, I could feel them reach inside of me and grab my spirit. And the next thing I know... They have me at the gate of heaven. They swing the gate open and the glory of God is so heavy that I'm, I'm on the ground um, on this gold, uh, golden, um, I, I guess like a road, a, a golden um, floor. And the glory is so heavy that I, I literally can't stand up. And these two angels looked at me and they said, get to the throne. And when I looked up, 
All I saw was this glory, this, this shining bright light that was so bright. And so all I can do is army crawl. I'm, I'm army crawling in heaven on the golden floor. Okay? I'm crawling, I'm crawling, I'm crawling. And I, you know, I finally get to a place where I recognize there was this mound of crowns, gold crowns. I climb up over the crowns and I look. And what I saw changed my whole perception of Christ. Because what I saw was Jesus as the lion. And I don't know if you ever saw a lion in the morning bellowing when he's marking his territory and the, the, the haze, the, uh, um, the, the moisture is coming out of his nostrils as he's... Oh, oh, and he's marking, he's marking the territory in front of his throne. And I'm watching and I'm like, I'm in amazement. And all of a sudden my attention got drawn up above the throne. There was this... Um, there was thousands of angels and they were flying in a circle. It looked like, I'll describe it as like a tornado or a whirlwind. And they, these two angels, the same ones that came and got me and brought me there, got me off of the, the pile of crowns and took me up. And all I can describe it as is they're taking me around in this, in this circular pattern. And they're, they're, they're like, they're not just like, they're not just like worshiping like some, some of y'all. Glory, glory, Lord God Almighty. You do it, Lord. Let the whole world be filled with your glory. You see, they're, they're not like that. They're up, they're up there and they're going, Holy, holy, holy. Let the world be filled with your glory. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Let the whole earth be filled with your glory. And I'm, I'm looking at them. I'm in shock. I can't believe I am literally witnessing what I was witnessing. And the one has a hold of me. He switches arms. He's he's carrying my arm. And with his other arm, he starts smacking me on the back. And he's going, come on, worship. And I went, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let the whole world be filled with your glory. This went on with, it it felt like forever. It felt like I was there forever. I did not want to leave. And the more I was passionate in the the declaration, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the deeper, it's it's like the connection with heaven became deeper and deeper and deeper. And after what felt like forever, suddenly there was a summon, summonsing by the lion. And these two angels took me down in front and they stood me in front of the lion and the lion starts to speak to me. And he looks at me and he says, you tell my people that if they believe the dream, if they believe the vision, if they believe the prophecy, they too will experience their portion. And the next thing I know, I'm back in my chair. My coffee's cold. It's over an hour from when I was taken. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get upstairs to, to get showered and go to work. It was like, boom, it was, go- it was like a, a full hour, right? And so, I have this challenge that I have to tell you that if you believe the prophecy, if you believe the dream, when He gives you vision, that if you believe it, You will experience your portion, your inheritance. Because the Lord has an inheritance for every person. 
He has a supernatural destiny that the world has no clue of. The world has tried to actually keep you from entering into the realm of glory so that you would never become... That's Satan's ultimate plan. That you would never become the supernatural force on earth that he called you to be. And as soon as I had that, within a couple years, the next thing I know, the Lord sends me on the other side of the world to India in front of thousands of people, in front of 6,000 pastors. I don't know if I've ever seen 6,000 pastors in a couple years in North America. That's not possible. How does that happen? You see, you have to understand how supernatural this is. When I get on a, when I land in Delhi, India, and I fly into the state of Andhra Pradesh, periodically I will see other other ministers, and I'll say something to them. We'll talk. How did you get here? Oh, the Holy Ghost sent me. The Holy Ghost sent me. The Holy Ghost sent me. Right. And so I come to the conclusion that Andhra Pradesh state in India, the Lord has a plan and a mission for this part of India that He's going to launch and do something supernatural. So my friend in India. Um, he sends me this stuff some time ago. He, he sends me some understanding of what's happening in Andhra Pradesh, India. You see, in Andhra Pradesh, um, they had a they had a census in 2012. Fifty thousand, or I'm sorry, 50 million people just in one state. 50 million, and less than 250 thousand were considered Christian. That's less than one percent. Okay. Guess what? They did a census in 2019. Five million people declared themselves Christians. And I know there are, there are there are many. I'm just part of a bigger dream. I'm just part of a bigger thing because the Lord is sending people to do supernatural things in this state of India. How do you go in five years from 250,000 to five million in a in a nation that is absolutely against Christianity. That's not, it doesn't happen. That's an act of God. Amen. And so I just encourage you that when the Lord, the reason I'm telling you that I told you the story is that you are to expect to enter into the realms of glory because as a son and daughter of God, there's a destiny for you. There's a supernatural plan for your life. And it doesn't involve just getting up and maybe coming into church once in a while. It involves you being so dependent on His voice that you would be fueled every day of your life because of the presence of the Holy Ghost. That you would actually start to laugh at your enemy. Anybody in here have an enemy? Come on. Maybe I'm talking to the wrong side. Does anybody over here have an enemy? Poverty? Depression? Divorce? Broken relationships. You see, there's an opposite. It's called the restoration of the Holy Ghost. That He has this great, amazing plan for your life. Amen. There's this great, amazing plan for your life. But maybe you just haven't asked what you're supposed to be asking. You see, when I discovered the simplicity of praying in the Holy Spirit that I did not even have to know what to ask for as I ought, but I would enter into His presence in the Spirit and He would begin to reveal Himself to me spiritually. Amen? I didn't even have to ask. All I had to do was go to Him, which is the call, that sons and daughters would go to Him 
And as your father, he would speak and reveal the personal, direct things he wanted to speak to you. It wasn't about memorizing book after book or reading for hours a day, although if he's called you to that, you do it, okay? But the fuel of the Holy Spirit is a spiritual connection. And He fuels you when He speaks to you. So ask your neighbor, say it to ask him, are you committed to expectation? Let me tell you one more spiritual experience and then I'm going to pray for people, okay? I dream a lot, right? I have, I have encounters and visions with the Lord. And I had this dream one night. This is a crazy dream. But maybe some of you can relate to this, okay? I'm sitting in my office in my chair where I pray. And the Lord is... He's, he's kneeling down in front of me and he's got a bucket of soapy water and a scrub brush. And all of a sudden I'm looking at myself and I've got black marks all over me. Right? I kind of look leprous. And sitting on the black marks are what I'll call monkeys and gorillas. Which in the spirit world, I believe are, you know, demonic powers. Let's just call it that. That rest in the darkness. And I asked Jesus, He's scrubbing, man. I mean, He's working diligently on me. He's scrubbing. I said, what are you, what are you doing? He says, He goes, you know, that's scripture from Malachi. He goes, I come as a launderer's soap. And I looked at Him. I said, yeah, but listen. That's in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, it says you baptize in the Holy Ghost in fire. And he stood up, he pushed the bucket away. He stood up, he laid his hands on me and he started to pray for me. And instantly this fire came down on me and those dark places on my body were vaporized. It was like I was made pure white by this fire. The gorillas get burned up in the fire. The monkeys get burned up in the fire. Anybody have any monkeys on their back? Anybody? Come on, anybody have any monkeys? Any weights, anything holding you down, anything keeping you in the wrong place. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is here to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. That that expectation that he's trying to get through to you, that you don't have to live in that place of brokenness. Because through that veil is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will take you by the hand into the supernatural. And he'll do the washing. He'll do the washing. Turn to your neighbor and look him look in the eye and say, you know you can't wash yourself. You see, there's a lot of people come into church with, and, they, and they leave church the same way they came in with a heavy weight on their back. You see, if the old covenant, Paul explained it this way. He says, if the old covenant was capable of cleansing you, then there would be no need for the living God to send His Son to come and conquer sin and death. And to ascend and send the Holy Spirit to clothe you in the same righteousness, in the same justice, in the same cleansing that His Son came in. You see, you either believe Jesus conquered it all, or you don't. If you believe Jesus conquered it all, then you should be dwelling in the place of His Holy Ghost because He came to give one thing. It says that Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. He fulfilled everything that you can't achieve. He, he, he achieved everything that you can't stop. 
He achieved everything you can't stop. If you walk out of here with one revelation, it's that Jesus Christ achieved everything that you can't stop. The American church is littered with people who try to achieve the Ten Commandments. And if you were capable of achieving the Ten Commandments, there would be no need for Christ. Jesus Christ conquered sin and death. Not you. You see, we spend our time trying to stop sin instead of crying out with the expectation of the one who takes us into the realm of the supernatural and actually breaks that demonic power off of you. Breaks that thing that says you're going to be in the same depression that your father was bound in. Come on, man. Is it that simple that you would just wake up every morning and you would just sit there and say, Jesus, I can't do this, but I need you. And I believe what you said, that you sent your Holy Spirit and I need you right now. I need you right now. Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Ghost. She on my I need my father to answer me by fire. I need you, Jesus, to answer me by fire. She on my soul. Woo. She, hey, she, mama, mama, soul. Come on, man. He gave his spiritual sons and daughters a supernatural prayer language to cry out, to cry out in a supernatural way that is beyond explanation. It's actually beyond. You can't even describe it properly. But the Holy Ghost can take you in this realm through the veil to where this presence of the Lord comes down over you, to where this liberation comes down over you to where this holy laughter comes down over you you see there's entire denominations that don't think laughing is holy that's kind of funny man psalm 51 says that he sits on his throne and laughs at his enemies in mockery that means he sits there and laughs at satan and his army Oh my God, you've been stomped on. You've been broken. You've been defeated. You see, you need to wake up and remind your enemy. Come on, somebody. You need to wake up and remind your enemy that just because you were born into poverty, just because you were born into hopelessness, just because you were born and destined to be bound in a prison cell, no longer will you be that person. Because Jesus came to set the captive free. He came to take you into realms of glory. And that's why, oh my gosh, that's why. I'm getting drunk up here. Come on, are there any sons and daughters who were born into the image of Christ? That Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. And his father sits on the throne and laughs at his enemies. <laughs>, laughs at his enemies in mockery. <laughs> See, some of you have never been in a church service where you're allowed to laugh. That's why I wake up happy. 
because I can't wait to laugh at my enemy. <laughs> You've taken some punk kid from Western Pennsylvania in broken down steel town who ate government cheese because not having enough money in the house, who had to go up in front of all the kids and get their free lunch tokens. You took that kid and you gave him a college education. You put him in a high place. Oh my God, you baptized him in the Holy Ghost. Oh my God. You transformed him into the image of Christ. You sent him around the world to teach pastors to know the voice of God. Come on, man. Am I talking to somebody? You need to turn to your neighbor and look him in the eye and say, Jesus has a plan that's bigger than you. You're bigger than what this world says you are. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. You see, some of you walked in here like this. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. But he's waiting for somebody to get a little bit of expectation that you would wake up every day and decree, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let the whole world be filled with the glory of the Holy Ghost. Woo, come on, baby. I believe you've been visited by an angel who has written expectation not only in this house, but he's written expectation on your heart. He has written expectation on your heart. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.